Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Whether it's the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, or Aggies, these guys have got you covered. Time to eat, fellas. You're locked on to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. One, two, three, move it. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. I can see why you think you belong to me. I never tried to make you think or let you see one thing for yourself. But now Jake, we need to take it easy on Megan. Are we, are we running Megan through the Megan? <laughs> through the ringer? See, she's relatively new to the producer thing. And this is one of our first, this is our most contentious show to date. Now, I got to tell you something, Megan. This is me. This is, this is what I do. This is why I have very few friends. And I'm certainly not offended by it at all. Uh, and I mean that 100% honestly, but poor Megan is just being, is the show falling apart? <laughs> and plus, she's trying to get all these types of people on the phone, and people aren't answering phones, and, and she's giving away tickets, and Megan is absolutely killing it right now. But in return, it's killing her a little bit, so we do appreciate Miracle Megan. Get she used is, to it, Megan. She's done a, fashion, a ben, fantastic job. Ben is wrong a lot. It's going to be a theme. Days like this are going to be a theme. Oh man, you're you're uh, you're wrong about this. But in your defense, there's pretty much no convincing me that I'm wrong in this particular circumstance. Correct. So right. it's it's one of those. I realize that. I realize <laughs> I can't back you off of being wrong on this uh, on this argument. So that's fine. We'll be happy to uh, see where to, see where to, it goes in a couple of weeks. You're just fine being wrong. But you know what? Most people are wrong about this, so that's all right. <laughs> Do you believe? Because I'm a strong believer in this. Okay. Do you believe in shaking up the status quo sometimes just to shake it up to keep things fresh? Yeah, but you got to be careful with that because that can go either way on you. If you Easy. do it too many times and you lose, like I think you can afford to take a slight blow, a slight downturn, just a little bit less talent to keep things fresh. Like I actually think there's there's value to that. There's it, it just keeps everyone on their toes and not in a bad way, not the sort of Damocles hanging over your head, you know what I mean, that's going to saying like you're always on the line. It's always going to end for you. 
I think sometimes you just got to mix personalities up. You got to keep things fresh because it can get stale. It can get rotten. Okay. If you don't do that. But I've been in way too many radio programming meetings where the argument to shake things up uh, like this it's argument has, has been made. And let me tell you, in one particular circumstance, above all else, and I, I, I'm not going to get into detail on it. Sure. it you, but And it was like 15 years ago. But in one particular circumstance, it would have been the biggest mistake Sure. That could have been made. Yes. Like, like the station wouldn't exist anymore. Big right. mistake. And it, yes. By doing it. So I, I believe in shaking up the status quo occasionally. It doesn't necessarily always have to be by making a roster change. Uh, but I don't always think it's the worst thing if you've gone a little stale. And the good news for the Jazz is I don't. They haven't done this over and over and over to the point where it becomes the status quo, which some teams do. I think the Portland Trailblazers are a team that over tinkers. So this roster looks significantly different outside of a couple of pieces than it did a few years ago when they made the Western Conference Finals. How about how about this? If your if your reason for shaking things up is just that to shake things up, don't do it. Correct. <laughs> if I do your think- reason is our perimeter defense isn't good enough, so let's shake it up. Then sure. And I actually wonder if Quinn Snyder does. I can't. It's hard to say. It could be because you know the the demands are so high and coaching has high turnover. Quinn Snyder shakes up his coaching staff quite a bit. Guys on his bench will bring in a Raul Lopez for a year, and then we'll bring in somebody else for a year, and guys kind of move around. Now, some guys get hired and get better jobs, but I think he likes to keep that room fresh with some new voices. Yeah, but Al's been with him the whole way. Sure. He has had enough guys that have uh, been there consistently long enough. I, I really believe with college football coaching staffs, not the head coach, not the coordinators, but I think it's okay to, to mix up your position guys every once in a while. Joining the show now, of course, he covers the BYU Cougars for KSLsports.com. He's already a friend, Mitch Harper. What's going on, Mitch? Hey, guys, happy to be on with you again. Hey, so uh, I know BYU, uh, you, you know, toughed one out uh, last night. But tell us, how's this team playing uh, in the, the weird situation they're in with no bigs? Yeah, it's it's a defensive mindset. They're playing better than expected, honestly. And you can maybe credit that a little bit to, you know, the, the schedule easing up a bit now in West Coast Conference play. San Diego last night, a uh, Better than expected team, but still, you know, you're talking about a sub-150 Ken Palm team. And, and you know, BYU with Fusini Traore, six foot six, seven foot two wingspan, uh, he, he's been a revelation for BYU, the former Wasatch Academy standout. Without him, I don't think there's uh, – you're, you're, you're not talking about BYU as an NCAA tournament team without him this year. And I put up a piece on, on kslsports.com today how – He's basically saving BYU's season. You know, Alex Barcelo, the heralded guard, comes back for one more year to uh, do some damage in March. Well, that's not happening without Fusini uh, Traore. And even Atiki Ali Atiki, uh, a 6'11 big from uh, Tanzania, he's given flashes that make you believe that he might be the foundation piece for when BYU gets to the Big 12 Conference. There's a feeling that he could be maybe a, a perennial all-conference guy eventually, in the Big 12, he's, he's got that much potential. So I think BYU is doing enough. The, the three-point shot, though, is, is not falling for this team. So it's a defensive mindset, and I think those young bigs have kind of helped with, with that defensive effort. I hate the idea that BYU and Gonzaga is the only kind of measuring stick for the team while they're in WCC play. So they don't play Gonzaga until, what, two weeks from today, I think it is. They play uh, the Zags on February 5th. What I guess really the remainder of the season, even before you get to tournament play, uh, what are the measuring stick games? Where are you focusing 
to see how good BYU really is. Yeah, I mean, the other games would probably be San Francisco and St. Mary's, but and they're holding by a thread as, as projected NCAA tournament teams this year. The WCC is better, uh, you know, than, than it's ever been uh, because I think the transfer portal and there's a bunch of super seniors on this team, these teams in the conference, uh, it's it's made it a situation where it's deeper than ever before. But but still, uh, there's just that lack of maybe juice or energy or respect that you get. Because BYU's in a tough spot with games like last night where you're expected to just crush your conference opponent. And if you don't, well, what's wrong? And if you lose, well, then it's a, a disaster. And I think that's going to be one of the nice elements to when BYU goes to the Big 12 is, hey, if you win any conference game, that's a huge success. It'll no longer be man, that's a disaster, or it's, hey, you're doing what you're supposed to do. So it's a tricky proposition from a perception standpoint uh, in, in the WCC, but you know the, the metrics that determine the NCAA tournament, like BYU right now, I mean, they're still about a seven or an eight seed in NCAA tournament projections, and really that's all you can ask for when you're in a mid-major league that played as difficult of a non-conference schedule as you can get without playing um, you know, home games in the Marriott Center against some elite programs. They had to go on the road. They've been testing themselves, and it's serving them well enough to where uh, they should be in a position where they can you know, get to the NCAA tournament. So I was going to ask, you still, ex- it, it, uh, reasonable expectations for this team is still solid NCAA team? I think so, and, and if they somehow won a game and got to the round of 32, that'd be a huge success. I mean, I think getting to the NCAA tournament after they lost Gavin Baxter and, and Richard Harward for the season – two starting big men, uh, I think just expectations changed. And, you know, Alex Barcelo has been incredibly efficient this year shooting the basketball. Uh, you know, he's one of the, the best shooters in, in college basketball, even according to folks like Jay Billis from ESPN. But, uh, but still, uh, defenses are, are zeroing in completely on him and trying to make uh, someone else on that BYU team beat them. And, uh, but if they can get to the dance, and right now, as of now, they would be, uh, that'd be a great accomplishment. Then you just hope that in 40 minutes you can pull off a, a win in the NCAA tournament. And for BYU, those are hard to come by in the big dance. So that would be a, a massive success if they could do that. All right, Mitch, Jackson Dart visits BYU this last week. Is he just kind of paying lip service to the local teams, or is there a real chance he ends up there? I think there's a chance. I, you know, I, I think you know, just looking at it, it would feel like Ole Miss would probably be the best spot because he would walk in, I think, to Ole Miss and be the, the number one guy to replace Matt Corral. And uh, I think maybe, though, in the backdrop, the the chaos potentially down the road for Ole Miss, uh, you know, is Archie Manning. He's considering Ole Miss a little bit more, and obviously his family's got strong ties to that Ole Miss program, and, 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 and he's uh, – or Arch Manning, excuse me. Uh, so that could be something that maybe factors into the decision. But, you know, he's got to make a decision soon, uh, Jackson Dart does, because I think we for, we tend to forget with all this transfer portal movement that these guys need to be in class. And, you know, it's part of college football. You got If you want to be eligible, you got to be able to uh, be in class. So there's got to be a decision soon. And I think, you know, Ole Miss, BYU, Oklahoma, those seem to be the three teams. I don't think, you know, Ole Miss and BYU are, are kind of the top two teams. You know, Oklahoma – They've got Dylan Gabriel from UCF already, and, and the Oklahoma offensive coordinator's got strong ties uh, that dates back to the UCF uh, time he had Jeff Levy with uh, with Dylan Gabriel. So, uh, you know, but I think BYU's got a shot because of the relationship that Aaron Roderick has with Jackson Dart, and I think the trust there. 
uh, I think that's you know something that's that's real. And I think also too that the fact that even BYU is getting into this uh, you know mix for Jackson Dart, I think it's a it's a, a what what it says is that Kalani Satake wants to always have you know battles at every position. You think about since you know 2017, every single year since you know BYU has kind of either manufactured some quote-unquote quarterback controversy, even though probably most of us always knew Zach Wilson's going to be the starter in 2020. Jaron's probably going to be the guy in 2021. But they always, you know, manufacture some sort of competition. That wasn't going to be there this year uh, because Jaron, uh, head and shoulders better than the rest. And, and we saw that last year. And, and if you insert Jackson Dart into that mix, well, then that's a competition. You're talking about a five-star transfer. Um, that would be huge for BYU, and he could be – uh, the face of BYU transitioning into the Big 12 Conference. So uh, I think it's going to be fascinating, and, and I think that there's got to be a decision soon because, again, these, these guys in the transfer portal, they're still waiting. they got to get in classrooms eventually. Mitch, thank you for coming on with us. We always appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Mitch. Hey, no problem, guys. Take care. Mitch Harper, our friend, covers BYU, kslsports.com. You, uh, maybe this is a dumb question, but uh, do you still think BYU solid tournament team? Yeah, because they did a lot of work in the non-conference. Well, see, I I hear what what you're saying there, and I hear what Mitch is saying, but they're going to drop some games that you're not expecting them to drop, right? Probably more than maybe you'd think because of their circumstance. Here's the so. thing, I don't know. I, I would you would have thought that, but they're sixteen and four right now. Like if yeah. they're if if they are, why haven't they? Yeah. You know, and that's and, the thing. and is it possible to implode that much? Maybe that's why it's a stupid question. Correct. Yeah, because yeah. their resume is really good. But that doesn't necessarily mean this goes back to our seeding argument that we've been having going the whole time, which is like BYU's wins and loss record this year, especially in the WCC, which is fine, but it's not you know one of the better years where they're obviously going to get three teams in and maybe even knock on the door with four teams. They don't have that this year. Like Gonzaga's great. BYU, and then the drop-off could be so dramatic that like you just don't actually know how good BYU is compared to uh, Texas or some of these other teams that are pretty mid-level right now, but are also going to make the tournament. Fair enough. All right, let's uh, get back out of the zone phone. He covers the Utes for KSLSports.com. He's our friend Trevor Allen. What's going on, Trevor? What's going on, guys? Hey, when, when is it too early to teach your kid how to play NBA 2K? Just get is, him started. Is there too get early? Get the sticks in his hands. Yeah, yeah let's get him playing. Because I'm doing that right now, I'm I'm, I'm teaching my uh, six year old how to play NBA 2K, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I hope oh, you're giving six. him the business. Yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah, I hope six. you're working. Oh, I am, oh, I am I am giving him the business, even though he's like trying to to ball me up with Donovan Mitchell and stuff. And I'm I'm you know the Bucks, and Giannis is giving him the business. So, uh, Trevor, last night Utes actually almost escaped with their first kind of signature win in the Craig Smith era. Uh, almost beat UCLA. Stefanovich was great. Had his first kind of real breakout game. Uh, how was the Utah basketball program feeling after that win, considering they're still on this enormously long losing streak? I, I know that there's no such thing as moral victories, but that's as close as you get to one. I mean, you end up bringing in the, the uh, number nine team in the country. You don't have your best player in Brandon Carlson available. And the fact that those guys, they just played so motivated. I mean, it, it was a completely different team than the one that, that lost um, – you know, to to ASU on on Monday afternoon. I mean, it, it their their defense was locked in. I mean, there was three separate occasions where the Bruins went two, three, four minutes without scoring a point because of Utah's defense. And you have you had walk-ons coming in who were who were making great plays. Jackson Branchley was playing really well, and I just felt like they were really locked in on defense to a team that averaged eighty points per game coming in, and to hold them to six, sixty-three points and. 
I mean, Johnny Juzang is going to get his, but the fact that they were able to limit the other guys was really, really thrilling to see. And just to, to see that, that, that Utah starting to, you know, turn a corner. I mean, we all thought, okay, they, they should be able to beat ASU. They were, they were struggling, but I mean, for them to, to take the number nine team in the country down to the wire was just great to see. And it was also great to see a somewhat loud Huntsman Center again. It was, it, it's been a while. So, Trevor, you, you say no moral victories, and not to disagree with you, but I totally disagree. When you're that far in the hole that Utah basketball is now, which is a reality, maybe it's not you know Coach Smith's fault or whatever, we could talk about why, but when it's as bad as it is now, you give a top 10 ranked team a run for their money, absolutely you can take positive from that, don't you think? Yeah, and, and that's why I said, you know, I, I mean, coaches don't really like to take the whole moral victories, but I mean, if I was Craig Smith in, in that situation take where it. you yeah. had lost, you know, six, six in a row and, and you even took the number 19 to the very end and had, and had a chance to win, you had two really good shots at the end that, that just didn't fall and you didn't have your, your best player, absolutely, you take that every day of the week. So... What are the next couple of what's the, what are the next few games now look like for Utah? What what's building off this momentum? Is it just keeping it close against USC? Yeah, I I really think it is because this is a whole different beast, guys. I mean, you guys know this. USC is tall, very tall, and that's something Utah isn't. Especially if Brandon Carlson isn't going to play, which it sounds like he's not, because that'll be two weeks to the day of when he had his uh, his little surgery done for his uh, appendicitis, and you know he. Uh, but to not have him there is really going to hurt because you're you're not very big and and USC is one of the, one of the tallest teams in the entire country. So if if you give you know same effort, but the problem is you're going to have to really really protect the paint. But I I really feel like things are really trending upward and you just got to kind of carry some of the momentum going into the Washington schools next week because those are two winnable games. Ones that ones that that Utah didn't get when the Washington schools came here. But I feel like that that this is a different. Craig Smith basketball team than what than what it was a couple weeks ago when the Washington schools were here. Uh, this is just a hypothetical for you. Uh, Jackson Dart, transfer portal, local kid, visited BYU. If he does not visit Utah, is that Utah's choice or his? Does that make any I sense? Think it's Maybe? Little, yeah. It's not so cut and dry as that, obviously, but is, you know, is it because he is not considering Utah or is it because Utah isn't considering him? I actually think it's a little bit of both. I, I really feel like Utah said at, at quarterback. I mean, you don't you don't want to you don't want to ruffle up the feathers of what you have going. I mean, Cam Rising's the guy, um, and you know J- Jackson Dart's one of those guys who who wants to come in and start wherever he goes, whether that's BYU, Ole Miss, TCU, you know, wherever he's going, he wants to start. And you know, frankly, Jackson could come in, and then we can have another competition. But then it's just gonna. It's going to create more turmoil, kind of like what happened with uh, Charlie Brewer coming in. I mean, not not to really bang on the guy, but you know, people really guys on that on that team really cling to Cam Rising, which is why he was voted a captain as a backup quarterback. And I I know that I know that it was a really hard choice for Kyle Whittingham, Andy Ludwig to make as far as who the starting quarterback was. But Cam luckily was you know a, able to stick it out because had Charlie been named the starter. Most kids, guys, and you guys know this in today's day and age of college football, college sports, if guys aren't starting, they're leaving. And that was exactly what happened to Charlie Brewer after he got benched. He, he you know, saw the writing on the wall, saw that, you know, guys were, were leaning more towards Cam Rising, he bounced. And so I really feel like that, that, that Utah is not really in need of, of a starting quarterback type out of the portal. I mean, it probably wouldn't hurt to bring in a guy 
who's who's maybe you know coming coming from a a lower conference to come in and maybe maybe be a backup because I'm not sure of of really the depth for Utah right now because some of the early signings in that um, they're very raw. But I just feel like it's kind of both ways to where Jackson doesn't. I mean, he knows Cam Rising's the guy, and Utah is not really in need of a Jackson Dart type quarterback. What is the expectation for Luther Ellis coming in? I think it's just to keep building off of what Sione Puha did. I mean, you guys, you guys know Utah has a very rich history of D linemen, um, particularly at, at tackle, and you know, um, Sione did a great job. I mean, who, who would have thought that that Junior Tafuna was gonna have a, a breakout year when, when you have guys like Vianney Mawala and Hawati Pututau, where Junior Tafuna is going to put himself in a, in, in a position to be the uh, Pac-12 freshman defensive player of the year. Nobody saw that. Um, but really, all, all, and, you know, people are saying, well, does he have the uh, chops to go out and, 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 and be able to recruit the high-end guys because he's been, you know, trying to get guys to go to Idaho, which, you know, is, is no, you know, easy task either. But, I also feel like this this position is set up well, where he can kind of go go through a little bit of growing pains as far as some some of the recruiting out there, you know, to kind of start building some of those big time relationships because they're you know set for a while. I mean, you've got Aliki Diamahi, you've got Junior Tafuna, you've got Tennessee Pututau, you've got a lot of guys. You're very deep at at that spot. And, you know, you could have a little bit of, of a growing pains in, 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 in this position for him to come in. So I feel like there's really not a lot other than to just build the guys who are in there now and start building some of the relationships out there out, out on the trail. Trevor, thank you very much. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Take care. See you, buddy. Trevor Allen covers the Utes for KSLSports.com. He and Mitch join us on Friday. Allow me to correct myself on the WCC basketball, Jake, looking at the recent bracketology and uh, corrected by our friend Jake Hatch. Uh, maybe four teams are getting in from the WCC. At least that's how it's trending right now with uh, both St. Aries and San Francisco having better seasons. So they're not. my apologies to the WCC. They're not getting four teams in. They could get four in. They and won't. they're like not even – some of these are saying they're going to get a bye. I mean a bye means they're not the last four in. It, it doesn't matter how good they are. They're not giving the WCC four bids. They're not. But if they're that worthy, maybe they don't. But maybe they're worthy of it. It doesn't so matter. So my apologies to the WCC. It doesn't matter. They won't. Because you know who has more voices in the room in this election? Everyone else. Everyone else. Yeah, everybody else. So what, you think the ACC is going to say, hey, take one less of ours. San Francisco deserves it. No. I'm rooting for the WCC to get all those four teams. I'd love love to see that. I like the small – I mean, those are the types of teams that uh, end up making the tournament fun. But uh, to Mitch's point, the league is better now than it's been in a long time. Yeah. Maybe ever. And like you said, with the transfer portal. But there's still – Which is funny. BYU skedaddling as (laughs) soon as possible. There's still not to worry about West Coast basketball. Four teams in. But, you know, it's nice to dream. But BYU, to Hatch's point, is solidly in. It's probably not even relevant to talk about whether that's a thing. Uh, They do have a terrific resume, obviously. Stay tuned. We'll get to the top three stories at kslsports.com coming up uh, right around the corner. I'm going to talk a little NFL football because uh, playoffs are the best. How about Pac-12 basketball coming back? I mean, honestly, Arizona might be the best team in college basketball right now, which is crazy to say because they were, you know, Seems like they were on the borderline of getting the death penalty for a little while now, but USC is legitimately very good. UCLA, and this is not a knock on Utah, might not be as good as the projections going into the season because they made the national championship last year. But uh, there's some there's some good teams in the uh, in in the Pac-12, and uh, certainly Arizona might be the best of them. Yeah, I'm always rooting against Arizona, but something about Sweaty McGee being gone yeah. and them having some uh, success. Sure. Yeah. 
man, he's a sweaty dude. Are you are you sweaty, Ben? Not are at you all. Are a heavy sweater? No, not at all. Not at all. No, I like I will lose my breath before I will start sweating. I don't perspirate in the slightest. Now I don't drink water, so my my the, the percentage of water in my body is far too low. Wow. See, I I have become much more of a sweater as I've gotten older. No, and there are people who eat, sweat when they eat, sleep, move, do anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that. But get excited, like I mean, like talking, just like talking loud. Some people sweat under their eyes; their face turns red. I barely sweat at all. Wow. Yeah, I'm lucky. I guess so. I <laughs> uh, want to remind you about our friends at Premier Wave Medical. Uh, give them a call; they can help with uh, your ED. In fact, they do all sorts of stuff. Three eight five three six zero Wave. At three eight five three six zero Wave, you can go by their office, thirty three hundred South twenty five zero five East, or get online premierwave.com, The only FDA approved machine in Utah. They do it uh, better than the others. Uh, uh, clinically, two times more effective than old acoustic wave therapy options. Five times uh, the penetrating power over the other wave therapy technology. So check them out, premierwave.com or call them 385-360-WAVE. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Jazz at 30 update. Jazz back at it tonight, taking on Detroit at Vivint Arena. Tip-off will be at 7. Pre-game on the station here begins at 6. Here's Rudy Gobert on uh, want, uh, wanting the rest of the team to not be weighed down by expectations. Sometimes when you have expectations, you can put some pressure on yourself. But I think it's on us to really enjoy the game, really have fun, regardless of what's going on. You know, we're playing basketball for a living, so let's enjoy it. And, and at the same time, let's play some defense. This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with Five Star Experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarPainting.com. That's FiveStarPainting.com. Who's got it better than us? Your home for the best sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Time for the top three stories at kslsports.com. It's brought to you each and every day by our friends at J. Brooks Jewelers. Valentine's Day is coming up. Think about it. Good folks at J. Brooks are uh, are there for you. Um, before we jump into it, 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. And you're going to see the Jazz and the Pistons tonight. We've got a pair of tickets for you, 855 855- Three, four, O's. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Megan, you've only told me that several times. They are not it's for not tonight. It's not for the game tonight. I apologize. <laughs> Don't expect to it's get tickets for tonight. It's against Phoenix on January 26th. honestly, is a much better game. It's a much better game. Much better game. So, 12th caller right now, you're going to see the Jazz and the Suns on uh, the 26th here <laughs> at Vivint Arena. Megan is getting the full... 
Like this is when you're trying to wrangle your seven-year-old yeah. or your six-year-old. You're just trying to get everyone moving in the same direction. And Megan has had zero luck. And absolutely none of it's been her fault tonight or today. I guess it's early. But she's had zero success getting us on the same page. And making Megan's day worse. But she's doing great. She's doing her job. Sometimes you lose as a parent. And Megan's losing as a producer right now, even though she's doing everything right. All right, Megan. Let's get to uh, top three <laughs> stories at KSLsports.com. Number one. Here's your NFL division lineup for the weekend. Bengals taking on the Titans tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Then you got 49ers Packers tomorrow night at 6.15 p.m. I'm glad there's not a jazz game tomorrow night, selfishly, because I'm excited to watch both of those games, and so I won't have to be preparing for anything else. Sunday, we'll miss a little bit, Jake, as we're preparing for Golden State, but you're going to see Rams at the Bucks and the Bills at the Chiefs. Sunday does by far have the better games, but I'm not going to discount Bengals Titans. I think all four of those games have the potential. No, 49ers Packers is a bad game. It's going to be the most one sided of of them all. I I would certainly agree with that. But I think there's a ton of interest in Bengals Titans. Are the Titans actually for real? For real? Uh, And uh, how good is Joe Burrow? Of course, that's always a huge story. Here's your dagger question for 49ers fans Would you rather beat the Packers and be stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo next year or lose to the Packers knowing you don't have to be with Jimmy G next year? Well, they drafted a guy this year. Aren't they going to move on either way? If you go to the. Divisional, I guess the uh, the conference finals. If you go to play in the conference championship game, and you're the 49ers, and Jimmy Garoppolo got you there, you can't move on from him, can you? Well, they moved on from Colin Kaepernick the year after he won yeah. went to the Super Bowl. Other issues there, <laughs> some other some other storylines there. But I think if Jimmy Garoppolo beats the Packers on the road, there's no way you can move on from him. Then again, maybe you're happy not to. But 49ers fans really don't like Jimmy G. Well, he's not terrific. Uh, what is the? What would you label the best game? Bills Chiefs? No, I think Rams Bucks is probably the best game. Do you? I think the Chiefs are a lot better than the Bills. No, oh, Ben, stop it. I do. I think. Stop I mean, I thought the Patriots it. might be better than the Bills. You then, did too, think so. That. Uh, I just don't fully trust Buffalo, and I want to. Of, of all the teams remaining, the team I would want to see are the Bengals and the Bills. Those are the two teams I'd want to see win a Super that Bowl. You're rooting the Bengals, for? Yes, that I'm rooting for. Then probably the Bucks, because I don't mind Tom Brady like some people hate him. Then probably the Rams, and then the 49ers and the Packers. Oh, no, I should put Titans up there, too. I was going to say, no love for the Titans? No, I like the Titans, too. Uh, there's not really anyone I would be mad to see win of these teams. I like all these teams left. We got rid of most of the teams I don't like. Oh, early. man, I, I root against the Chiefs every game. Let's see, who else do I root? Uh, I, root I like against, Andy Reid. I root against the Niners every game. Root against the Bucks every game. So I'm way different than you. I don't know. I don't have a team left. I, I like the Bills. I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting against pretty much everybody else. No, I'm, I'm with you on the Bengals. But I think Rams-Bucks is probably the most evenly matched team. But maybe Bengals-Titans is a better game. I don't know what to make of the Titans. We haven't seen them with Derrick Henry, and they've still been winning, and I think they've got the worst quarterback other than Jimmy G remaining. I know. We always doubt Tannehill. Is he good or what? He did keep winning. I don't trust him. But there's no, he's never given me any reason not they to. They were without Derrick Henry, and they yeah. still finished with the Correct. the best record. Correct. So That's fun. This is going to be a great weekend. This is going to be a very fun weekend. I'm going to take in as many of these games as possible. But yeah, angry Aaron Rodgers is moving on. Yep. That's, that's, <laughs> and he's rested. He's going to be mad. Angry and well-rested. Mad and well-rested. That's, uh, that's what he does. All right. Let's uh, move on to number two, if Megan is ready. Tell him to hang number on. Number two. 
Big weekend for the Jazz. The Jazz take on the Detroit Pistons tonight, then back on the road to face the Golden State Warriors on Sunday. We don't have tickets for tonight's game. Don't ask for them. We don't have tickets for tonight's game. They're for the Phoenix game. They're for the Phoenix game, which is better. All right, Jake. Must win tonight versus Detroit or no such thing in the middle of the regular season? No such thing in the middle of the regular season. Okay. Sorry. Does does that make it automatically boring? No, I told you this yesterday and actually got a very nice DM uh, from somebody who agrees with my takes. It says the biggest story for the Jazz right now is no longer what's going on on the court. It's what's going on off the court. And that's not saying there's locker room issues. I really don't think there are. But it's about the roster and whether or not you think this roster is so flawed that they can't reach the promised land. Uh, Which... Okay, we we don't need to go back down that road, but that's been that way for but a while. But I do think that is the big conversation that's going on it, in yes, jazz circles sure. right now. In fact, I would tell you, I bet you that's the big conversation going on in the jazz front office, too. By the way, uh, Golden State, not exactly tearing it up. They're only four and six in the last ten. No, did you see what uh, w- what we saw from Steve Kerr yesterday? Did you see what he did instead of practice? He brought them in, and instead of actually playing basketball, he had a home run derby for the team. He just said, we need to clear our heads. And look, this is the dog days. That This, to your point about what, what's going on this month, maybe not mattering as much as it feels like it matters right now because it's pressing, because it's top of mind. Like, this is absolutely the dog days of the NBA. Teams have played so much basketball in the last couple of years with COVID. The COVID rules getting cranked back up and the pandemic being at an all-time high, again, is wearing on people everywhere. And it's even happening in the NBA. So I do think some of this weird random play over the last couple of weeks, some teams are Smart teams are probably doing what you're doing and just stepping back a little bit, taking a breath, including Steve Kerr, who said, let's just go hit some dingers. At least this time he didn't just let the, a player coach the team like Correct. he did a couple of years ago. Right. But let's see what happens uh, coming up Sunday night. That's obviously going to be the much bigger test. You don't have Donovan Mitchell tonight. In fact, I think, you know, and, and look, the Jazz aren't going to play a guy who's got a head injury, obviously. Oh, no. Oh, but no. they'll be happy to have Donovan Mitchell fully well-rested if— they get him back coming up on Sunday against Golden State. Yeah, I would hope we'd uh, learn that lesson at this point that uh, no, certainly, well, no game period. I almost said no regular season game, but uh, no game period is worth players' health. Well, in that, the in that particular yeah. area, you know, like you, people go out there and play with a hurt ankle all the time, right? You, your, your head needs to be right. By the way, you hope you Hassan's all right. You know, he's been in COVID protocol since last Wednesday. He went in right before the Cavaliers game, right, which I think was – Last Wednesday. That's been that's been a while now. You have to. Uh, what's what's kind of the rule of thumb? You have to test out of it once you don't have symptoms. Six days. Yeah, yeah. It, that's the least you can be in. A Without six days, symptoms, asymptomatic, yeah. and you right. got to be testing negative. So I hope he's doing all right. Well, the Jazz need him for sure. Yeah, Jazz yeah, really so, miss him. Yeah, they they still really miss him. And, Number uh, three. All right. BYU basketball earns a win, seventy nine seventy one over San Diego. Keep finding a way to get it done despite not having much size. But Alex Barcelo really is truly the best shooter in uh, college basketball right now. And, and the Utes almost saw it a little bit last night with Stefanovic. Those shooters go a long way. Parker Van Dyke, I mean, the, look at the names historically in college basketball. I mean, Jimmer is the most glorious shooter of all time. But Sam Merrill was just like kind of an incredible shooter. Now, he had a little bit more to his game. But like you have one of those guys who can really light it up and get loose from three. You can win a lot of games, and BYU's doing that behind Barcelona. Yeah, because right the other team has to adapt. Yeah, the other team has to figure out a way to stop him more. You know, like we saw so many times in Jimmer's career, he's just going to beat you yeah. and score forty-five points while he do- while he does it. Not that Barcelo is that, but yeah, he's the he's the the great equalizer. Yeah, I mean, Salim Stoudemire. Do you remember him in yep. Arizona? It was just like, man, that dude catches. Well, Utah State found that out because he beat uh, Utah State in the first round. You remember that game, yep. the Spencer Nelson, J.C. Carroll game, where Spencer Nelson was sick? 
And that was one of you. You that was one of Stu Morrill's best teams, if not his best team. Carson Edwards in Purdue, who now plays for the Salt Lake City Stars, was that guy too, and made a run with Purdue in the tournament. It's like you have these little guys who get ridiculously hot. They're gonna. Who was the uh, Who was the Syracuse guy who put out Hoffa Adarujo for BYU? Jerry McNamara. Yeah, exactly. I mean, college basketball is full of these kids who were like unbelievably good high school players and end up being very good college players who probably don't play pro. Some of them go over to Europe. Barcelo will have a good chance. Well, I mean, he'll get a sniff in the NBA probably, but but probably a European guy. Man, you can shoot the ball. You can play. Well, it's because they can get their shot off. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's the big thing. In the NBA, it's so hard to get shots off. I mean, why why was Joe Ingles able to extend his career? Because he took the world's right. longest shot right. and figured out a way to catch and shoot and, and it helps that he's 6'7 and can shoot over yep. guys which is the same thing Garrison Matthews had going for him right. he's either got to step out three feet further or, or he's got to have pretty good size I mean Jimmer if Jimmer were 6'4 he would have been an NBA player yeah easily yes if he was a couple inches taller everything would have been so much easier for because him. he would have been easier to hide on defense and it would have been easier for him to get off his shot yeah no question about it so uh good win for BYU again 79-71 last night over San Diego Utes almost get their best win under uh, Craig Smith. I would be curious when that comes and how much we read into it because it's not like uh, it's not like Larry didn't have great wins. I mean, he beat Duke at Madison Square yeah. Garden. He beat Kentucky here. Yeah, but not year one. Three NBA guys. No, certainly it took a little while, and those were probably wins that should have you know kept him going for a little while, and they never really never really built off. Of and much like Boylan did to Larry, Larry left Craig nothing. I wonder if and this Kimmy time- Allen. I mean, he leads Texas right now in scoring, Timmy Allen does, but he's at like 13 points a game. He's at 17, 18 points, getting more kind of real serious NBA looks when he was here. I wonder if he'd rather be in Utah still on a team that's not as good, though he would have helped them on games like last night. In fact, yeah. you could have won a game like last night with a guy like Timmy Allen because they just, you just really can't score the ball at all, but they're pretty good defensively. I do wonder if, uh, you know, you could go back and fix it all if he'd rather be still playing in Salt Lake City and be a much bigger fish in a smaller pond, but might have a better chance to go play at the next level. Wrapping up the show, coming up next, Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Megan asked me which uh, bump we I wanted to wrap up the show. This is what I selected. This is what you picked. Not meatloaf. No, I'm going with Quiet Riot. I don't want to be sad. I want to be fired up to go we into the rest of my day. Meatloaf's, meatloaf's life, or we could have done like the, what was the opening to the Louis Anderson song? <laughs> this show. Life of Louie. Did you ever watch you Life of Louie growing up? You are a gloomy person. We, I'm celebrating the lives of these people. <laughs> a gloomy, gloomy I'm person. I'm not celebrating that they passed away. That's sad. We can celebrate like their accomplishments. I hope my last day on this earth, or the first day I'm gone, I hope everyone's uh, playing old, old episodes of Jake and Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Just rehashing it. Um, I got to admit, I, I w- have never been the world's biggest meatloaf fan. In fact, no. we were talking about this off the air. I can only think of one meatloaf song. But he is one of those uh, stars that is like like the counterculture star that never really became mainstream but kind of dabbled in it. You know what I mean? Fought the battle his whole life of trying to make sure people put the space in between the word meat and loaf. And then the day he dies, absolutely nobody is spelling his name right. Is that true? There's a gap between meat and uh-huh. loaf. And look on Twitter – Nobody's Nine out of ten, it. meatloaf, one word. Wow. It's not what his name is. So they're not real fans? Not real fans, but everyone's put so out their memories then, for a person named Meatloaf, who like the meat. They, that meat, The meat's still there. You can go get the dish. But, the, but see, Meatloaf, that's, the person, meat space loaf, gone. 
But that's that's what makes it like disingenuous. Like, wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you like rather not send out anything because you obviously weren't a big fan? One hundred percent. Yes, so that's what I'm just I'm, signaling to everybody. I'm somewhat laughing at every meatloaf tweet I'm seeing today, which doesn't have the space because I guarantee you, and I'm not one of these people. I'm not a meatloaf guy like you. Right. We're talking about. I don't know a bunch of meatloaf music. I don't pretend to be a meatloaf guy. I do know there's a space in there. And like, I know that little, and he always, there was a reason he put a space in there. Like, he did it on purpose. He wanted to have that yeah. space there. And the fact that all these people paying homage to him are, you but, know, but I don't want to well be wishes. that person. That's why I selected I'm Quiet Riot, because Meatloaf was okay. not near or dear to me. Okay, that's fine. I didn't know that his name was, was two words. Anyways. Yeah, right. But I, 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 I'm not pretending I did either, other than I've looked it up over the years and seen like, oh, why is this guy not put his name together? So really by paying tribute to Meatloaf, you're telling everybody like this is me being a person. It's Somebody more about you than yes. actual Meatloaf because you really didn't care one way or another what he did with his career Correct. or life. 100%. But somehow it's important to people that you feel bad about his passing. Yes, 100%. I feel like I would pay you tribute, Ben, if you passed because I know you, you know. But if you spelled be, my name wrong, everyone would be like, well, that's a little insincere. But I wouldn't because it's I know Anderson you. Anderson with an O-N. It's not an E-N. Right. Yeah, and, if you were spelling it wrong the whole time. from beyond the pale, if yes. some rando was like, boy, the world really is going to miss Ben Anderson and spelled your name wrong. Correct. You'd be like, well, maybe I didn't that, that, much. that rings hollow now, doesn't it? 100%. And that's what the no space meatloaf people are doing. So if you're going to pay homage, extend your, uh, your memories for meatloaf today. Maybe I didn't get a Put good the space night's in sleep. There. Somebody was asking me if I was uh, that I'm usually argumentative when I don't. Colton Chenoweth said, "Did Jake not get enough sleep last night?" He's more argumentative when he has no sleep. And you said you went to bed at nine. I went to bed early last night. Maybe you got too much sleep. But see, with a with a, a baby, there's no such thing as like a good night. But sleep. you also but yeah, said you I, got up and fired up the snowblower. So maybe you just got up too early. I guess I don't know. I thought our argument was productive. I mean, I didn't think you made many good points, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, bad news tonight. Uh, Rudy Gobert has been downgraded to questionable <laughs> with left ankle soreness. That's not good. So Hassan's out. Donovan's out. Zylan Cheatham uh, is out. Jared Butler's out. And now Rudy Gobert's listed as questionable for tonight's game. I'd rather play Detroit with no bigs than Cleveland. You, uh, you know, if Rudy doesn't play, you've got a real excuse to lose tonight because you don't have your two best players, which makes it a little bit easier. I don't think – Losing we, with Rudy, you have a real bad taste in your mouth. Losing without Rudy, you say, oh, well, yeah. Same I don't, reason you lost to uh, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't think they'd lose with Rudy. I don't think so either. I think that they'd win if Rudy played. They might still win if, if Rudy doesn't. But, I mean – I don't know. They lost last week. With they Donovan. did. And they yeah. lost to Houston and all this. Yeah. But I'd still – you know what? If Rudy plays, I certainly would pick the, the Jazz to win. It really is amazing. The ultimate cliche is that winning cures all – it does. It's like if Jazz win tonight, Jazz fans would be like, well, maybe it's okay, <laughs> disregarding what's happened six of the last seven games. And I, I think to your point, like, yeah, it, it's so easy to read into the losses. You get one win and it's easy to forget. I mean, Sunday, we came into the show Monday being like, it's feeling good. I guess we didn't do a show Monday because it was Martin Luther yeah. King Day. But yes, I think everyone woke up Monday like, sun is shining. Breath is, uh, well, you know, breath of fresh air for Jazz fans. Thinking about this, knowing what we know about the 90s Cowboys and their behavior off the field. Nobody cared. But if they didn't win, they'd be the Bengals where everybody cares because they're the Bengals and you're not winning. Yes. So the Bengals have all these off-the-field issues, and now they have a reputation for it forever and ever and ever because they sucked. The Cowboys were basically doing the same thing, and nobody cared because they won. 
That's how it works. Donovan and Rudy are the best of friends when they win. They're mortal enemies when they yeah. lose. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's how it works. So well, I guess we're gonna have a we're gonna have an interesting conversation on Monday about this basketball team again. Which of course, and we're gonna be excited. I'm gonna be more excited to talk about the NFL playoffs. I suspect on Monday than I am about the Jazz. Not because I'm counting on the Jazz losing tonight and losing on Sunday. The Jazz could very easily win both of those games. I'm not gonna you know guarantee it by any means, but the the Jazz could potentially win both of those games, and we'll be having a different conversation Monday. But regardless, I think we're gonna have a lot of interesting talking points coming up Monday about what this Jazz basketball team is. All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now is our good friend, Dr. Justin Johnson from Premier Wave Medical. Dr. Johnson, what's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? Sorry about the last two places. I was seeing patients, you know. So oh, it's good to be busy. Comes first. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Good to be busy. And and we, we love it because you help a lot of our listeners. And frankly, with your guys' technology, you can help them better than anybody else. You know, that's one of the things I want to discuss is we have the best technology on the market. You know, the ED treatments haven't been around really that much. They've been around maybe four or five years, and the machines used maybe 10 to 12. But we have the only machine that was actually developed specifically for erectile dysfunction and tested for it and gone through the FDA approval process. So it's been shown to be at least twice as effective, if not more. And then we've changed the way that we do the treatments with it so it's even more effective. So you have the best technology available. We have great staff who's well-trained. Everyone has an advanced degree, and we have a nice, comfortable area. So there's no reason to delay the inevitable because ED is a aging process just like heart disease. And if you live long enough, you will get it. But you don't need to suffer from it because there's great treatments available that you can have done that will reverse, if not completely cure, the ED. And so you have- come and see us. Well, and you have terrific yeah, financing available. Yeah, so we have, you know, we have, we're a pilot program for Mountain America, and we offer 0% financing for our patients up to 24 months. So if money is an issue, it need not be because we're going to pay the interest rate for you, so you don't have any interest to pay, and it can spread out over 24 months. All right, call them today, 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283. You can also go online, premierwave.com. That's premierwave.com. Dr. Johnson, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, doctor. Yeah, you guys have a very nice day. Take care. Back at you. Our friend, Dr. Justin Johnson, uh, phone number 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283 or go to premierwave.com. Ben, enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy your weekend, sir. We can uh, do it again on Monday. We'll talk Monday. Thanks, Megan. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.